Own the Future podcast series with Claudia Lee. What's next? The hybrid work modules. Part one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Own the Future podcast series, where we bring in experts to discuss key topics that are top of mind for our partner community. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Calvin Shu, VP of Product Management at Citrix, to our podcast series. Hello, Calvin. Hi, Claudia. Great to be here with you, and uh, thanks so much for the invitation. Um, and thanks for so much yeah. for calling me an expert, too. I'm, I know I'm experienced. Uh, I guess that makes me an expert. <laughs> No, no, I'm very looking forward to this because all of these segments that we do, I get to just sit back and learn and keep current with what's going on in our industry. And earlier today, we were just talking about how it's been a little while since you and I have talked. And since then, it seems like a different world completely, right? Just the topic that we're going to discuss today around hybrid workforce, um, hybrid work models is um, something that your company has been at the forefront for the last two years and beyond, right? So um, let's get into it, right? So we've all been seeing a lot of the research coming in that it doesn't matter what the label is, whether you're a boomer, a Gen X, a Gen Y, a millennial, across all these different age groups and backgrounds, um, it's pretty clear that the majority of folks out there want to be working remotely most or all of the time, right? So it's pretty clear that this hybrid way of working is permanent. So um, that's kind of what we're seeing on just the research side, right? But being in your role and talking to so many customers where Citrix is the key advisor to their strategies when it comes to end user computing, what are you hearing from your customers? Yeah, well, um, interestingly, it, it's it, it's important to have this hybrid working and remote working, right? Um, and what we're also seeing is that it is actually a deciding factor in companies' ability to attract talent or retain talent as well. So um, I, I think it's become top of mind in terms of um, uh, not only the IT impacts and you know the infrastructure that's needed in order to support that, um, but also from an HR perspective, um, you know, what are our policies around it? Um, how are we enabling it? How are we onboarding people so that um, when they come in, they experience uh, this company that they're actually experiencing the company itself um, when most of their touch is going to be digital and the tools in front of them are going to be all virtual, right? And, and so how do we, we think about um, that engagement and, uh, and the digital experience? Um, you know, just in the last week or so, um, there was some professor that got on, I think it was Bloomberg, and, you know, and, and called this era that we're in the great resignation, right? He's saying that there's, there's so many people that, that are specifically looking for a work style, a lifestyle, and the combination of those two together, um, that it's so important that, it, that, that many of them are leaving organizations that don't provide it um, or can't, you know, assure them that um, when the pandemic, uh, uh, you know, subsides um, that, that, you know, the policies will continue to allow them to work from anywhere or at least make the choice, you know, on a, on a day-to-day -day basis, whether they work in an office or not. So, um, so from our perspective, um, you know, although, you know, the, the, it, we, we always called it remote work, um, this, you know, the term hybrid work is a bit newer, um, but effectively meaning that employees are remote, right. Um, and that you have to plan for it and, um, and, you know, plan for them, uh, whether they're full-time remote or sometimes remote, um, you know, or even if you're always in the office and, and it's going to be one of those types of scenarios where you have to be, um, what is the IT decision that you make at that point, right? Um, 
treat the people that are in the office differently than the ones that are sometimes in the office or are never in the office. Um, and I think increasingly what we're hearing from leaders is, you know what, let me just treat everyone like they could always be remote. Um, and therefore their experience stays more consistent. Um, we make the right investments in understanding what the digital employee experience is supposed to be like. And then, you know, and then we go from there and, and then, you know, we, we kind of build the security around, um, understanding that that's, uh, that that's what the work and lifestyle is going to be like. Absolutely. And I think that the reason why the word hybrid has really caught on, because one of the underlying principles of hybrid is flexibility, right? I think we've also seen a lot of the research that the feedback from some of the some of the um, studies that you mentioned, right? Like a lot of the underlying feedback is that people want the flexibility associated with hybrid and remote work models. So it's I think this space is so interesting because we all have an opinion, right? This the way the technology is deployed affects all of us as employees. And so we all have an opinion. I just, uh, this morning, right before uh, our chat, Nutanix had kind of a manager meeting to talk about what our remote work model is gonna look like. So it's just an interesting time that all of these organizations are going through all of this and your customers are going through all of this. So tell yeah. me a little bit to um, Calvin about like, what are some of the IT decisions that um, like the CIOs, the VP of infrastructure, the VP of end user computing, customers that you're talking to, like, what are the implications of this always remote slash hybrid model for them? Yeah, I'd say that the first one is, um, is usually around the security uh, aspect of it, right? And so, um, and in your more forward thinking or sort of more maybe um, modern IT shops, um, they, they will have made a lot of progress in this uh, um, already, but you know there, there's still a ton of folks out there that like their first reaction in March of last year um, was okay. Everyone's remote. Let's go panic buy a whole bunch of VPNs, right? And um, and that was kind of the 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 most immediate answer, and, and that's how they thought of remote working was okay. Well, it, it's um, of course it's a VPN access issue, um, and uh, and then I think uh, you know what happened after that was a. Uh, one, there was sort of a run on VPNs, so there was, um, a, you know, a bit of a an issue of acquiring them, and but then also, um, it, it, so the it VPNs to... were the toilet paper of IT for that time period. Then <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's a great analogy. Yes, exactly. They didn't know, weren't sure why they needed it, but they're going to get a whole bunch of them, uh, a whole bunch of capacity. Um, and uh, but realizing, I mean, that that opens up a number of security issues, not, not to mention user experience, performance issues, and things like that. So. Um, so they, they really then started, had to, had to look at what, uh, what is the, um, overall experience that we're, we're looking for. And I think that also then started to turn into, okay, um, many digital transformation projects, um, got accelerated quite a bit faster, um, things for, um, certainly things like, um, you know, teams and zoom and, and the infrastructure needed to support that. Um, those accelerated, but also an increase in, in leveraging, um, SaaS or web delivered applications. And of course, VDI and, and desktop as a service um, in order to provide that, that more kind of complete um, Windows operating system, Windows applications, which is you know the backbone mm -hmm. of so many businesses. Um, yeah. and, uh, and so you know, the, the traditional way of thinking about how, um, how you would secure those environments is you'd secure the network, you'd secure the device, right? You'd have managed devices and, and you'd say, okay, when they enter my network, that that's um, the secured environment. And that's why I guess so many people immediately went to VPNs. Um, but this really threw a wrench in everything because 
um, devices were also in a in a shortfall. Um, and many people were just, you know, grabbing their kids Chromebooks when they weren't using them for school or, you know, whatever device they could get out their hands on at, at um, Best Buy, um, PCs, you know, Macs, anything, um, tablets. Um, we saw a huge rise in, in you know, tablets connecting into uh, into Citrix infrastructure. Um, and so it became really obvious that, OK, the, the paradigm for um, for security really has to focus more on the user, has to focus on their identity. Um, their behaviors with the, the applications and infrastructure that they're using, the networks that they access from. Um, and, uh, and so that's kind of shifted to, all right, now I'm thinking about, do I know the user that's, that's coming into my environment? How can I assure myself that that, um, you know, that is who they say they are? And as they continue to do their work throughout the day and knowing that in the pandemic period, there's many stops and starts to your work day, right? You're doing work and then you're going making breakfast for the kids and you're, you know, uh, doing some homeschooling and then you're, you're going back to, um, to your room to do some work, but you're just doing it in the kitchen where everyone's, you know, crawling around. And, and so there's this need for this sort of continuous monitoring, you know, the rise of this whole zero trust, um, dialogue, um, around security has become um, extremely important. Um, and, and that's where, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, vendors and, you know, it and, um, we're all having to respond to that sort of new paradigm around security, and that will translate itself into hybrid work and remote working, um, you know, very, very directly. So my my analogy is definitely not uh, technical, so forgive me if it's too lay layman's, but it seems like data center security had a certain, you know, use in space and then end user device security profiles and management had a certain use in space. But then, you know, like what the dynamics that you're describing made it clear that the handshakes and the integration of those two worlds had to be so much closer and tighter than it used to be. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's that's exactly right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, along with what I was saying before, of the, just the, the role of um, HR in this whole experience as well, I think that the kind of, you know, that, that's maybe the three-legged stool. It's sort of the, the infrastructure, the devices and the applications, and then from an HR perspective, what what can I do? You know, what what is acceptable to that um, end user, and and what are their you know personal and wellness needs? Even you know, in in terms of how they're managing their lives, that have to mesh together with all this, um, and, and at the same time not be intrusive, right? So there, there's um, a, a really interesting dynamic there that's happening. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I feel like, again, this is something that we can all grasp, um, whether you're in IT or not. And I know our company has been going through this as well. And I, I think we did a segment with our CIO, Wendy Pfeiffer, recently as well. And I think she would echo a lot of your sentiments. And she she described how she leveraged your technology, actually, to deploy remote work for a lot of our employees and kind of talked about how you know how she, how she accomplished that and the environment that accomplished that. So so let me use that as a way to just pivot then Calvin into the world that a lot of our partners who are in the data center world um, but they're looking at and wanting to advise their customers on. So like that 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 mindset shift of you got to solve for everyone being remote, but then that it's truly hybrid, right? And all those implications that you're talking about. What does that mean for like flexibility, the infrastructure that underlies that, right? Like that seems like it's a different infrastructure strategy that you would need in that world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Flexibility, I think, is the, the key word um, there in, in that 
um, you know, any sense of predictability about how you would operate a data center or how you would use cloud um, kind of went right out the window yeah. and, uh, the window, and yeah. hit the reset button. Um, you know, I talked to a number of customers who were like, oh, yeah, we had this beautiful 18 month plan to transition, you know, th these applications uh, to the cloud. Um, and we ended up having like 18 hours to do it. Right. <laughs> the the, the con yeah. condensing of, of, the, of all of that effort. Mm -hmm. um, so certainly, um, you know, I, I hope partners have, have benefited from um, from that work. Um, there's a lot of that that strategic um, planning. But I, I think um, really then it, enabling a lot of those uh, those data centers to have that kind of hybrid cloud flexibility has, has been one of the biggest key topics that, that we hear all the time is, um, you know, if I need to um, expand capacity again um, in a great way or, um, or, you know, as the, as we return to office and, you know, and we maybe um, a lot of people take up this hybrid working, but it doesn't mean that I have the same amount of um, capacity and infrastructure needs. Um, so let me leverage some of the elasticity of cloud, but combine that with, um, you know, the cost and control that I know that I have within my own data center. Right? And so I, I think I'm seeing a lot of this kind of hybrid cloud, hybrid multi-cloud requirement. Um, what does that mean for applications as they um, maybe move between locations or, or um, uh, workload uh, resource locations? Um, what does it mean for my image management of, of applications that I'm managing or, um, or even the, the, the Windows image that I'm managing? If I need to have it on hybrid and in you know, multiple other clouds, um, you know, how am I going to deal with that? Um, and, and so I think there's, there's a ton of real meaty questions in there for, um, for the partner community to, to dig into. I think the other thing I, I, I'd say um, for for partners that is, um, you know, it has been trending this way for a while, right? It's sort of the service orientation versus um, kind of uh, um, the, the resale or the infrastructure acquisition um, orientation. But um, because of the pandemic, so many organizations were thrown into a modernization that they were not planning for and were not ready for. Right? And that's... Um, maybe less so in the, the upper enterprise area, right? Where, where they have gigantic teams of IT people to, to invest in, in this sort of thing, um, but sort of that more commercial mid-market and, and smaller business um, space where there really is no, um, or was no IT shop to, to help them plan for what to do there. And they were just you know, kind of uh, at a loss. And I think it, what it, it has done is said, um, we really need you know, people that come to us with solutions, not infrastructure um, to buy, right? And uh, and and so the the assembly of, of the solutions, uh, some knowledge of the industry or the vertical, or you know that particular customer size or that geographic region, um, you know, and that that's created an awareness of, uh, of the value of some of the the integration or the integrator um, type of role. That's so important. It's yeah, been huge. That's such an important point, Calvin. Yeah. The the pivot to services is the true value add. I know uh, I know your organization, um, I think you guys announced last year your customer success practice, right? That's mm -hmm. that's going to be key in a lot of these conversations and strategy development that, that you just described that customers are going through.